Lisa Kay, connecting the community on Talk of the Town. We are back for Talk of the Town today, and Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz in studio with me. Hey, uh, happy, it is the week of St. Patrick's Day, so I'm going to hope for all things green. Yeah, well. At the end of the week. I'm not, I'm not Irish at all. N- nor am I. Oh, okay. Well, but I love the people who are. They're fun. And the people who think they are, and they're fun too. <laughs> and they'll all be out in full force on a Friday night. Right on. That'll be great for public safety. Good luck to you then. Uh, we're talking a little bit today about, I found this interesting topic, wastewater treatment, all about the wastewater treatment. And prior to getting on the air, I said, well, let's talk about uh, you know where it goes as long as it goes away, right? It's that water, it's that uh, wastewater that we produce that we don't think about. Right. Um, because it goes down the sink, it goes down the toilet, it goes out the end of the hose, and it, where Washing does it go? Washing machine, shower, bath. Everywhere. Dishwasher. I mean, it, a lot of people, when they hear wastewater treatment, they just really think of the toilet right. and what goes in the toilet. But and it's everything. It's all the gray water. It's all the... All the gray water. And, you know, a lot of cities also battle what's called INI, or inflow and infiltration, which is natural, like, rainwater that, or... Um, water from your sump pump and those kinds of things that get into the sanitary system mm-hmm. that then end up at a treatment f- facility that you have to clean. So I've watched in my 30-year career, I've watched a lot of television, uh, <laughs> video footage of sewer pipes. <laughs> right. And I, I know people think it's disgusting. It certainly isn't completely pleasant, but you'd be surprised. It's mostly... Um, gray water not as many solids in it as you might think well it's funny the last time you were here i think we talked a little bit about we were talking about national night out and how the city brought out the camera that went down and you're like i've watched so much footage of that it's it's really interesting you see the interior of a pipe you can see cracks you can see tree roots (laughs) yeah sometimes you know people uh, sometimes that people flush things i mean right if there's one message i want people to hear today is to stop flushing things down your toilet uh q-tips Q-tips lodge weirdly oh. in your uh, drain pipe. And then when you clean your hairbrush and you flush that down the toilet, that then wraps around the Q-tip. And eventually you, you end up think clogging about your pipes. Yeah, you don't think about that stuff. No. Or the, the remember that movie in the, what was it, 70s, 80s, that alligator that got yeah. flushed down the toilet? Don't right, do right. that, right? Don't do that. No. Don't do that. Um, you know, the quote-unquote flushable wipes, also bad. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of the same things. Um, I think plumbers are saying now, like, wipes clog pipes. That's their Yeah, their, their that's little, a good mantra. Wipes yeah. clog pipes. I like that. So don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, and But also in the kitchen, too, because grease, we were yeah, yeah. In, down your sink drain. Yeah, especially, you know, a lot of people will think, oh, I'm going to d- dump the grease and then drain it or hot water r- rinse or with something. hot water. Yeah. All that does is pushes the grease further into your pipe. And so really what you should do is you should let the grease solidify, scrape it, and throw it in the trash. Right. Uh, My mom used to put it in a container. Yeah, we do um, that at home too. And then it would go in the freezer Mm -hmm. uh, years ago. And then I don't. I don't know if it was always just bacon (laughs) grease. You'll be gifted this later on in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so there were, you know, so there, it's just better not to put it down the drain. Um, mostly because as a homeowner or a commercial property owner, you're protecting your system. Right. Um, once it gets beyond your system and gets into the, I'll call it the collection system, then it becomes uh, the city's challenge to right. deal with. And we have areas in the sewer that we um, flush regularly um, with um, high pressure uh, water mm-hmm. to manage, especially areas that we are, know are 
grease prone. It's like um, a bigger version of what we would have done in our house. I 100%. Assume. Yeah. Okay. And then we've got a very group, a very large group of talented staff that on the water and the sewer pipes, this is where they work. Right. And, you know, they, their stories are interesting of the things they've found, um, the conditions they've seen. Um, they're very passionate about, you know, trying to protect the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I want to talk to you today about a little bit is kind of the, I'll call it just the hub of the system, which is the treatment facility that we've been working on trying to secure funding for a major improvement. All right. So I wasn't even uh, aware that we were looking to do some improving on this. Tell me about the current water resource recovery, recovery, recovery water resource recovery facility. Right. It's probably the biggest recycler recycler in the city of Mankato. Okay. So this facility is the collection point of the wastewater system. Where is that located? So it's located just north of Riverfront Park. Okay. um, Along the river. Okay. And the short version of what happens there is all the sewage comes, we treat it, and then eventually we strip out the solids, the biosolids mm-hmm. from the facility or from the elements that come in, and then we clean and purify the water, remove chemicals, and then we eventually discharge it into the river. Okay. Um, we, if you looked at, so it's not like the Dave Matthews bus or anything. No, no, <laughs> that's not happening. No, if you looked at a vial of uh, water from the tap and a vial of the discharge water that we have from the reuse from the uh, facility, mm-hmm. you, can, you can't tell a difference between the two. Okay. And I, that's got to be a process. It is a, a big, expensive process. It is a big process. You know, so when you kind of think of what, you know, kind of the short order of what is the process, you know, as the material comes in, the first thing we do is we screen it. We remove big material pieces like sticks and branches. Q-tips. And Q-tips and those <laughs> kinds of things get removed and then it goes into uh, an area that where they do grit removal. So then now they're removing finer particles that don't come out in that first screening. Mm-hmm. So sand, um, you know, different bits of um, material that are, you know, just kind of smaller particles. And then it goes into a clarifier where if you think about, um, you know, um, uh, when, when I was a kid, my mom used to make Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And when it was in the clear or Tupperware container, you would go into the kitchen on occasion and you could see that it was colored, but you could see there was something on the bottom. Like or a sediment or a something? A sediment. And so you'd shake it. You know, you shake shake before use. Or, right. you know, sometime orange juice or other juices, you know, the container says shake before you use. Yeah. So when it goes into that clarifier, those other, the solids mm-hmm. kind of sift to the bottom and then those get taken away and then what's left then goes up into what's called the aeration basin. And in that, it's, you know, kind of a natural chemical process where the bacteria that are in it um, get, they eat the oxygen and that helps break the bacteria down. So okay. it helps in that disinfection kind of process uh, of removing the bacteria. Then we clarify the water again. And the discharge water then goes to a local energy plant that they use for cooling of their process. Oh, our staff a few years ago estimated that just that pr- that ability to do that has saved more than ten million dollars. Wow! Of uh, for the community of being able to reuse that um, water. Right. They use it in their process. It comes back, and then we clarify it. 
and remove again the chlorides. Are there pipes taking it to where it goes and then pipes bringing it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so then we remove the chlorides and then that reuse water, we, the city uses it in a number of ways. We use it to wash vehicles. We use it to wash, you know, the street sweepers. So if you see, when you see the street sweepers, you'll see that they're, the, it gets wet and then, yeah. you know, so they're using reuse water in the street sweepers. Wow. We use it for um, irrigation at Riverfront Park. Um, we use it for um, sod establishment, um, bare root tree farms. We use it for hydro seeding and some of our construction projects. The, um, and then what we don't reuse then gets discharged into the into the river, and again, that's the water that if you took it from the tap and you took it from the you know that discharge point, uh, it looks identical. Um, the difference between the two is the discharge water to the river has had a lot of the chemicals um, removed from it, mm-hmm. so it's a, a safer amount of product. Because to put back in the rest river. assured, the city is not dumping water laden with chemicals into the 100%, river. Yeah. Right, right. So. So, you know, that's in part why I say we are kind of that, I think we are one of the bigger recyclers in Mankato because of, one, the volume that we use. It's about seven seven to ten million gallons of uh, wastewater that we're processing every day. Oh, wow. And and, and reusing and, you know, kind of managing um, and of of what we do with it. I had no idea. Yeah, it's kind of, um, you know, it's easy to kind of think about it as like, ooh, but... It's actually pretty fascinating. So then the other part of the solids that aren't discharged and treated. Do we call those biosolids? Biosolids. Okay. We take those and we thicken them um, and so aerate them and we process them. And some of them are burned for methane to uh, fuel the boilers at the processing plant. So we're reusing some of that on site. It's like a closed loop system. I, know. I like this. And then the here's where you're going to get excited about the other knowing your garden. I didn't know I was going to get habit. excited about you um, know, our wastewater, but yes. But the other part, the rest of the biosolids go into a biosolids basin okay. and they sit there and aerate. So they dry out. And uh, a few times a year, then we truck them to different agricultural um, sites and they get used uh, for fertilizer because they're very nutrient rich. Wow. And they've been processed. So, you know, a lot of the kind of more harmful material and and chemicals have been removed from that system mm-hmm. or from that process. So, you know, we reuse the biosolids. We're using them not only for fertilizer in the community with partners, we're also using it to heat the facility. We're using the reuse water uh, sharing it with a local energy plant for their cooling processes. Uh, so, and we're using it in a number of ways that you can use re- reuse water safely um, in the community so that we're not using the equally expensive water that comes from the tap. Right. Um, so it's, it's kind of the other side of um, what happens when it comes out of your faucet. Yeah, and, and it, you, for most of us, it just goes away, and we never think about it again. Right. Well, here's your, I feel like we've, um, you know, those episodes of Sesame Street when you were younger, and they took you <laughs> yeah, on a deep dive right, of, right. like, how they make crayons. Like, yeah. this is where your wastewater goes, right? There's a, a video on the city's website that one of our former employees um, at the treatment facility did that talks about what our process is, mm-hmm. and it's very well done. So if you want to learn more um, you could go to our website and go to uh, Public Works and the wastewater, 
And on the right lower right-hand corner, there's a video that you can watch that talks more detail about it. Well, see, you didn't know you were going to learn this today. Talk of the Town, Susan Irons, Mankato City Manager, in with us. And we're talking about the Water Resource Recovery Facility. Um, so we, we know where the facility is and how it operates right now. Um, and we're talking a little bit about some of the efforts that the city is going through to fund this. Yeah. And this is a legislative thing now. It, Everybody's going up to the legislature to, to plead their seek case. Funding, right. Seek funding, yeah. The, um, uh, so the facility was built in about 1956. And uh, as you can imagine, um, it is starting to show its age. Uh, some, several key things are happening. In the concrete, we're seeing some structural failures. We're also seeing uh, the inability to get replacement parts when parts wear out or break. And so what's happening is our staff, through their ingenuity, are taking broken pieces to local fabricators and saying, can you make one of these for me? I just need it to be temporary. It doesn't have to last for 50 years, but could it last for like two? Yeah. And uh, so we're having to manufacture our own replacement parts um, it's a little more complicated than just 3D printing, but right. so we're we're having to do that. We're also starting to see. Um, previously, I think maybe even last year, we talked about the fact that the facility does have a gas leak that we're uh, wanting to manage and protect um, mm. from the environment as well. Mm-hmm. As a result, um, in 2017, the city started and its partners. There are six other partners: North Mankato, Eagle Lake, Skyline. South Bend Township, Madison Lake, Lake Washington Sanitary District, and the City of Mankato are all partners in this facility. So we all, if you're if you're in that area, you're all using this facility. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so in 2017, these partners started the process of preparing for a major improvement that we anticipated was going to cost $45 million, mm-hmm. which then even was still big. Mm-hmm. Um, in early 22, the city took the project, went out to bid, and the bids came in bad. The bids came in at $65 million. Oh, okay. And so last year, we started the process of asking the legislature for some additional funding to help the funding partners kind of put the project together. Uh, we did, as you and the world knows, the Minnesota legislature did not complete their bonding discussions last year. So mm-hmm. they've picked them up again this year. And we've been back at it. Um, we also then, with inflation, went back to our engineers and said, Can you update the estimates on the project? And in so doing, those estimates, the project cost or anticipated project cost has now grown to about $89 million. Mm, Okay. And most of that is the stressed concrete, the rebar, and some of the very specific elements that we have to have as part of this that aren't feasible to just say, could we use a cheaper Lego? Mm -hmm. Could we use a different kind of uh, uh, block to put that together? It's not quite as simple as that. Uh, We've also kind of struggled through the, could we just do this in phases? Could we break this into different pieces? Sure. And the challenge with breaking it into pieces or smaller pieces to be able to fund it differently is that there are certain elements that we have to do and keep this operational while we're making the improvements. And so, for example, the uh, new disinfection basin has to be constructed first so that we can so we can demolish the existing disinfection basin because that's where the new digesters are going to oh, go. Okay. And we have to then build the digesters before we can take the other ones out of out of um, service. 
And so it, it's not a project that works easily to just do it in pieces. Right. You can't put certain parts of the puzzle together and come back and work on the yeah. other part later. It's, right. It's not quite that simple. It all connects. It all connects. And then the other major part that part and opportunity that this facility has is the city of Lake Crystal, south and west of us, also has needs for uh, wastewater treatment. Their current facility is in need of replacement. And they have made a, a request to the city of Mankato, can we attach ourselves to this regional system? Oh, okay. Well, we could if we did these improvements. Mm-hmm. But absent doing these improvements, we can't attach them from a volume standpoint, and we just don't have the ability to process more in the fragile state that the facility is at present. Uh, so that puts Eagle Lake, or I'm sorry, Lake Crystal out on their kind of a their own island, so to speak. Right. And so we're very hopeful that we can move this project forward. Do you think that with the addition and of the request from that community that it would help? Does it help your case? It totally helps the case because it. I, I think the legislature and the members have heard about our project and have found and felt the value of a regional system. Mm-hmm. You know, it it minimizes the independent systems. It's better for the environment because you have fewer of these systems uh, kind of out in the world. The other thing that's happening is that a lot of these smaller systems, it's really hard for them to recruit staff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to have a system where you can afford maybe one operator, well, that operator gets sick, gets hurt, goes on vacation, and now you have an unstaffed plant. Um, there are people you can contract with temporarily to kind of help, uh, but it's not a last, it's not a sustainable solution right. to manage it that way. So that's another benefit of, you know, kind of working together on uh, this regional model. And so uh, what what do you do going forward? Um, is it just a matter of speaking? at? Yeah, so we have been doing a lot of lobbying uh, at the legislature, talking with individual legislators, talking with their committees, kind of helping to navigate this process through the legislative system. Um, right now, we have received um, in the House bonding bill, there is a designation of 11.58 million for this project okay in the end we've determined that we really need 35 million dollars to make the project go Mm -hmm. and so that 11 and a half is a good start we have another um kind of outside of that 35 million need we have secured already a seven million dollar grant and then the partners themselves have about 47 and a half million to put towards the project. So that's what leaves kind of that 35 million hole. Right. The 11.5 million that the legislature or that the House has put in their bonding bill. Um, late, late last week, the Senate uh, Finance Committee moved it from, it went through the Senate Capital Investment Committee to the Senate Finance Committee, and now it's on the Senate floor. Um, if you've read the news, you know that there's a lot of talk about on the Senate side uh, about a desire to see tax relief and that there are some needed votes that have said we're not going to vote for a bonding bill until we have a conversation about tax relief. Mm. So it's unfortunately our project and a lot of other important projects are now kind of in that waiting game while the legislature kind of works through their process. Is there anything that we can do as citizens to help the process move along? Yes. Um, people who are in the Mankato area have 
three legislators that are very supportive of the project. So continuing to share the importance, the need with those three is very valuable. There are other legislators that we need to kind of help continue to communicate how important this is. And, you know, this is not just a Mankato importance. This right. is, you know, the, the broader region that we have. Mm-hmm. In addition to the seven partners that I talked about, this facility also does because, uh, phosphorus trading. So because the discharge that we put into the Minnesota River is significantly lower than what the state allows from a phosphorus uh, uh, rating mm-hmm. for the discharge, mm-hmm. we're allowed to kind of take our credit, so to speak, okay, and then trade it with other partners that need that credit. Oh. So the city of Walnut Grove, Granite Falls, uh, the Lower Sioux Indian community west of here, uh, ADM, which is a processing plant west of here, mm-hmm. and uh, Granite Falls Energy, um, also take advantage of the phosphorus trading. So in addition to the seven partners of the facility, there are another five partners that also benefit west of here. Hmm. And so continuing to share with legislators um, about how important this is, I would say that wastewater is not partisan. So there are no, I, right. There's, and so sharing it with any and all legislators, especially right now in the Senate could be very helpful for us. Well, we'll make sure to get that done. My goodness, I had no idea I was going to get such an education (laughs) on this, but wow. Um, And it's good to know uh, where your water goes and everything that is being done on the backside of that too. Um, For more information, would you suggest the website? The The website website has a a copy of the main 11 by 17 handout that we've been using. It kind of articulates the project front and back, shows on the backside of it, it shows... Uh, the region that this area serves, and then the cost for each of those partners. Um, and then, again, there's that very well-done video that talks about just what the process, what the facility does, how it works. Wow. Well, we'll put the links underneath in the show notes, ktoe.com. Mankato City Manager Susan Arns, always good to spend some time with you. I learn something every time you're here, so thank you, <laughs> thank so, you much. so much.